Welcome to Smells Like Teen Parent, a podcast for adolescents and the adults who annoy them. We're bringing you a special interim mini episode where we're featuring one of the primary organizations Smells Like Teen Parent supports with our social justice mission. I'm here with Douglas Stiles this morning. Douglas, do you go by Doug or Douglas or Mr. Stiles? Uh, Doug, uh, Doug is fine. Okay. I, so I go Doug, by all t- kinds of things, but Doug is Doug works. For me. But many of them we can't say on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been, you're the executive director of Huckleberry Youth Programs. Is that correct? That's correct. I've been with Huckleberry for about seven years now. What do you like to do in this position? Oh, there's many things. So um, I grew up in San Francisco. So I was kind of Uh, born and raised in the culture of the Bay Area. And uh, for me, coming back to Huckleberry is in a way coming back home. I've I've done many things. And this was kind of coming back to the community again and giving back to the community in which I grew up in. And what I really enjoy is that in, in San Francisco Bay Area, in Marin County as well, there really is an emphasis on on that next generation and uh, and realizing that it's getting more and more challenging for the next generation. And so finding that connection between young people and adults is is the key and it's it's getting harder and harder to do. So it's really a pleasure to be a part of that and you know work through those struggles um, and hopefully get to the other side of it. Tell me a little bit about what challenges do you perceive? The, that youth are struggling with, and particularly the, the youth population that you interact with. Yeah, we we uh, we primarily work with uh, adolescents uh, in in several different areas. Um, our focus are on safety issues, health issues, also youth justice and education. Those are kind of our four target areas. R- really believing that every young person, whatever background they come from, deserves to be able to thrive in their life. And being an adolescent is really challenging. And the extra challenges we've seen with COVID, with uh, people um, schooling remotely, missing a year of their whole child development, families struggling with that, um, the what, what I call kind of the subclinical mental health issues where people are feeling maybe not major depression, but despondent and mm-hmm. unsure what should be happening or what's next or feeling anxious about being in the classroom again or feeling anxious about being online. I mean, there, there's a lot of things things that are currently happening because of the situation we're in that just exacerbate the already challenging (laughs) adolescent phase that people go through. I feel like, you know, we're only starting to not, not that we're not completely out of a crisis, but we're, we're able to start reflecting on what we've just gone through. And for youth, I'm asking the youth that I work with. So what have you had a chance to talk about this in your classrooms? Are we just sort of like, okay, next assignment, everybody back in. Right. I think that's, that's the challenge is that it feels like, well, we've had a couple of these times where it feels like, oh, we're on the other side and then we're not. And I mean, if you, if you think about it, an adolescent, they're under 20, Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're conscious for less, you know, maybe, you know, 10 of those years. And for one, almost two of those years now, we're talking almost 20% of their life, it's been completely different than anybody ever imagined. And nobody knew what to do. No adult knew how to get through this. And so we're all struggling together to figure it out. But 20%, 10 to 20% of your life being completely disrupted is a huge uh, part. I'm a little older than 20. And so if I think of 10% of my life (laughs) being a little different, it's a big part of somebody's existence. And it's happening, you know, right now. And the adults are dealing with their own stuff and exactly yes. have never gone through it either. Yes. Nobody's really an authority in this moment. Right. I mean, I think there's, this is the thing that's so easy to forget that we as parents, so I'm a parent too, are 
going through challenges as well that are not related to our kids. <laughs> and then we are going through challenges with our kids. And then we are also trying to be the role model and the guardian and the, the guide for our kids. I mean, it, it's a tall order being a parent through this pandemic. It sure is. How old is your kid? So I, I have two kids. Um, my uh, youngest, I would say, is uh, 18 and my oldest is now 24. So you've gone so, through the thick of it. So you are an expert. <laughs> no, uh, I've been through it. I've had experiences. Am I an expert? I, I, I don't. I don't know. So um, my da- my youngest actually went through the college application process and is now in her first year of college. All through this COVID thing, which is a completely bizarre and strange uh, process. Mm. I bet that was wild, a wild ride. It's, yeah. So we we were scheduled to go do some tours of colleges in March of 2020. I'm getting the years mixed up. But so right, well, yeah. So everything closed down at the time we were just getting excited about the next phase of our life. So then, so mm-hmm. and I don't think we're alone in this at all. So the next phase we were building up and building up for years, <laughs> here's this next phase. And then, oh, we're going to completely change the way that looks. And I, I don't have words for it. I was going to say it was a struggle. It was a change. There, there were some positive things out of it too. It, it, it's really this mix of stuff all at once. Thinking about your daughter came through that moment in time and had a supportive adult caregiver around her. And I know you work with youth programs and with youth who maybe don't have somebody as stable and mm-hmm. on the ball as yourself. Right. How do you show up for those kids? And what? Well, so the, the 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 biggest thing that we find with with adolescents mm-hmm. is, is that um, often they've moved to the adolescent development stage and parents have not. So parents are still thinking of their kids and working with their kids as they're as they're younger. And I did this myself as well. The, the, the kids are developing faster than I can develop as a parent. That's that's just the way the way the way it happens. Yeah. And so often our first step is to sit down with a parent and a child or the family and say you know, just basic communication. Are you listening to each other? Because when you're parenting a seven-year-old, you take a very, should be taking a very different stance uh, with them than someone who's 16 or 17. And somebody who's 16 or 17 is an emerging adult and they have ideas and they have emotions and they have all these things that are very different for a younger kid. Just sitting down and trying to listen and understand each other is really the the first step because as parents, we often feel like, Oh, I know better. I've been there. Uh, I know what it was like. I'm just going to tell you to do it and just do it. Please just do it. And that's kind of the first, cl- that's the first clash that happens is the adolescent is like, Hey, I don't have to do, I don't have to yeah. do this. You know, those clashes then start to develop into uh, bigger crises, whatever the situation somebody may be in. And as I said, if a parent is working three jobs, because we live in the Bay Area and it's really challenging and they're not at home or what that just exacerbates some of the underlying um, challenges. So if, if the one thing I say to parents is listen, listen, you don't have to agree, but you do got to listen because that young person needs to be seen. They want to belong. They want to be a part of whatever's happening. And that's a transition for parents from being younger to being an adolescent parent, a parent yes. of an adolescent Right. Listen. And then, and managing whatever they're saying, manage the triggers that you're feeling as they're, as they're talking. Yes. That's always an interesting challenge. Yes. Okay. So, you know, I have 
so for every person that's downloading this episode until the next one comes out, I donate money to your organization. And I was just wondering, what do these funds fund? Huckleberry, just quickly, has been around in the Bay Area for over 50 years. We we started the first runaway youth shelter in San Francisco back in the summer of love, 1967, um, and have branched out to provide a range of services. Uh, we have a health center in San Rafael. We have a health center in San Francisco and the hate um, that provides general uh, care to adolescents. Um, we do a lot of health education in the schools in Marin and in uh, San Francisco. Um, we have a youth justice program in San Francisco that works with youth who are arrested and diverts them from the system so that they don't get rearrested. We still have our shelter in the hate and are involved in working a little bit more with um, older homeless in San Francisco, so those that are 18 to, to 24. Hmm. And finally, we have a program that's working with young people who may be trafficked or at risk of trafficking to get them to a safer place, a safer lifestyle. So there's really a range of things that we're doing that any support would would be helpful in making that successful. I mean, we definitely have such a diverse culture in San Francisco and a wide a wide need of services. Yes. You, you mentioned the the trafficking a little bit. Can you just explain a little bit what that looks like and how that pertains to youth and emerging adults? So unfortunately, what happens in some people's development is that they they get sidetracked. Really, unfortunately, what we see is a number of um, foster youth who are kind of dropped out of the system or or let go. Or um, And again, I'm talking age 16 uh, and some who are former foster youth older, but a large portion that come through that program. And what we're looking for are to see, are there identifiers that put someone at risk for being trafficked or sexually exploited? And there, there's all kinds of dramatic stories about the person who's, you know, in a hotel with a pimp who's doing all kinds of, uh, you know, controlling and terrible things with them. We, we work with some of those, but what we really see are people who are in unhealthy relationships where um, the person that they're with is uh, abusive or controlling, that is a big risk for somebody ending up in that lifestyle further down the road. And so we get in and we try to build a healthy adult young person relationship, knowing that if we can do that, that then can be established with somebody else and with somebody else as they grow up a little bit. That's great. And so do you have volunteer, are the people in your organization the adults volunteers? Are they other youth? That's a great question. So we have a professional staff uh, that provides all of our services. So we have licensed clinicians. We have unlicensed clinicians who are in their training. We have case managers, health educators. So it's a, a wide range of people. Um, we don't have volunteers working directly with youth because we really believe you need to be trained to do that. Uh, and uh, the training and getting some people up to speed with that is is, is a tall order for a small organization uh, like yes. us. We do have volunteers help out in other ways with our fundraising, uh, connecting with us in, other, in, in various other ways. But with that, with that team, it's a group of case managers and a, a therapist that's working with young people. That's great. I'm doing my part as one human person with one set of hands. If people just have a bunch of money that they just want to give to your organization and support youth programs, and where where might they do that? I think the the, the it would be great if people just you know contact me. You, you can. Okay. Uh, or contact our organization, go to our website, uh, www.huckleberryyouth.org, uh, and you'll see a donation page there. You also see contacts if you want to talk to somebody about various ways that you can give. And I see there's also a teen crisis hotline that yes. means that any teen can 
Yes. Any, any teen or any parent can call as well, uh, or, or any adult who's having uh, some questions or challenges with their teen. We have uh, clinicians actually call as well as a, it's, it's really a resource for, for anybody to call, but it's, it's housed at our 24 um, hour shelter. So there's somebody there all the time. And so that number is 415-621-2929. And there's a little donate box right below it. So you can call or donate or both. So many options. Doug, thank you for your time. And I hope this helps shed a little bit more light uh, on Huckleberry Youth Programs, hoping that the youth in your organization and the adults are happy and healthy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time and, and being able to spread the word a little bit bigger. It's great to talk to you. Too. You bet.